Hey everybody, how's it going? This is For the Record Podcast, episode number 112. Um, I'm gonna, again, I've been trying to make the intro shorter and sweeter just for the uh, sake of time and really getting into the shows. Um, we're going to be b- back next week with uh, a new line of sponsors. Um, it's people that we worked with before, some that we haven't, um, things that will kind of come throughout the coming weeks. Um, but I haven't really done any sponsorship just for the new year because I'm still getting the copy written. I want to record some more of the intros and get all that. Like I, I, want, it, I want it to sound professional and good and ready for everyone um, rather than just me kind of riffing like I've done in the past. Um, so I can just kind of drag and drop any of the advertisements and then just kind of worry about recording the intro without having to worry about putting a bunch of this other stuff in and doing it right off the bat. But um, anyway, I'm super excited about this episode. Uh, This one was one of my favorite vocalists, Alex DeLeon. Um, He is in a band. um, Actually, he's not in a band. Uh, I misspoke. He is doing a solo project now and it's called Bones, B-O-H-N-E-S. He used to be in a band called The Cab. They were like an alternative pop rock band like I there's so many there were so many little genres and places that they could fit within pop culture um, spectrum of music and it was they were always so much fun to listen to and Alex's project sounds awesome it sounds um, it sounds great and hearing him talk about it got me really excited for what's going to come next year um, the he's such a fascinating guy I've, I and I didn't put tell him this when we talked, but I met him years ago, and it was when I was, I think I was like 15, 16, and it was when the cab opened up for Panic of the Disco on, I don't know if anyone went to this tour, but there was a tour that they did with Dashboard Confessional on the Plain White Tees, and the cab were the first band up, but the tour was sponsored by Rock Band, the video game, like the, at the time it was like just starting to come out and getting... It, it was like Rock Band 2 or something like that. It, they, were, they were promoting and trying to push their brand. And so the whole thing with the tour was that at each stop, you could get a quote-unquote band of people together, and you could play your own set. And um, if you got the highest number of points on your audition, which is the audition was playing the game in the lobby of the venue, which was an RK San Jose State Event Center, <laughs> um then you would get to go up on stage and you would get to quote unquote perform your a new song so I was in the band that won and we were backstage and we met Alex and then every year after that when the cab would come through where I would run into Alex somewhere at a random show in Los Angeles when I did Warp Tour or when we stopped in I was at Vegas Warp Tour and I ran into him and I'm I'm always like I don't know if you remember me, and he's just like, oh, yeah, I do. What's up, man? And we've never, like, had a con... I, I didn't say anything to that because I didn't want him to be like, oh, uh, yeah, I, I remember you, kind of. Like, and just, I didn't want it to be weird in that sense, but I've I've been acquainted with him for a number of years, and his he's always been so incredibly nice and so awesome, and I, I was really... I was really excited to have a full conversation with him because it was usually just like a, hey, how are you at shows and just really quickly moving along and going off to the next thing. So without further ado, um, I'm really excited to share this one. This is episode number 112 for the record with Alex DeLeon of Bones. Enjoy.
Yeah, how's it going? Hey, Alex, this is Jared. Um, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Just finally got to Los Angeles, so experiencing nice weather for the first time in about a month. Yeah. I'm very Ka happy. Yeah, Katie was telling me you were in um, Antarctica. Yeah. Uh, I I mean I have to I have to definitely ask this right off the bat. What made you want to go to the coldest place on earth? Um, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. To, to be honest, I went I went last January as well. This is my second time in twelve months. And if you haven't been there, it's it's hard to describe, but it it is the most just beautiful, pristine place in the world. It's it's probably the only place you can go. Um, with that vast of a landmass where you don't see like any evidence of humans. I mean, there's, there's yeah. no trash, there's no pollution, um, unless you see, you know, the occasional science base, you know, yeah, the thousands of miles away from each other. It's like, you really don't see anything but nature and the silence, you know, all you really hear is the ocean waves hitting the icebergs and, you know, maybe a few penguin squawks, but it's, it's just so beautiful. It's, it's the best place in the world to kind of rest your mind and relax. You know, now that I, now that you say that and now that I think about it a little bit more, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. There is, when you think about it, there, I mean, and obviously you've seen it, there's nothing there. And so it's totally like, it, it, it's one of the last places on earth that really, like you said, other than occasional science bases really hasn't been touched by humans at all. Exactly. And it's the most peaceful place on earth because, you know, every country there, all the scientists get along, you know, in the name of science. Yeah. So there's, you'll see, um, you know, scientists from the Russian bases and they're helping out, you know, the, the U.S. and the Chinese and people are sharing their findings and they, they have like these, these meetings, they come together and to discuss kind of their research. And it's really incredible because it's, you know, it's not owned by anybody. Um, so it's, it's just like this place of, of peace just for the sake of, you know, science and the betterment of the planet. So it's, it's pretty cool. That's incredible. Um, and now that I'm, I'm still super curious about this, how does one get from the United States to Antarctica? Because, I, I mean, I assume there aren't commercial flights that you're taking to get down there, or I could be yeah, completely there, wrong. There, no, there are not. But, you know, Antarctica takes it's the whole south, southern part, southern uh, base of the planet. But... The place that's the most easily accessible is right below South America. Okay. Um, so at the bottom of South America, there's a place called Cape Horn, which is kind of where Magellan yeah. stopped and kind of like went from one sea to the other. Um, so what you do is you, at least I, I went with this company called Antarctica 21, um, and they're an incredible, incredible company. And you, you fly to Santiago, Chile. So I spent, you know, New Year's Eve in Chile pretty funny because i was in new york and it was 20 degrees you know i flew <laughs> flew nine hours to santiago where it was 100 degrees oh my god and then the following day i flew four hours south and was back to like 30 degrees my um, god but yeah so you, you go all the way down to santiago and then you fly even more south to the to patagonia a city called punta arenas which is kind of the tip of of south america and then from there this company has a small plane that you take across the Drake Passage, which is like the, the craziest ocean waters in the world. I mean, it's, wow. it's like the most, it's just chaos. It's like if you, it takes a few days to get across and you're almost guaranteed to get seasick. You know, oh you're talking God. like third, like 30 foot waves and 
pretty gnarly. Holy shit. So we flew over that, landed um, in King George Island, Antarctica, and then we took a ship, and we, like an icebreaker ship, and we went down to the polar circle from there. You're like a freaking world traveler. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's my passion, music, music and traveling. I mean, uh, those are yeah. the loves of my life, you know? That's awesome. I mean, I remember uh, after, if I remember correctly, after the cab had kind of uh, finished up and had you started working on the project, I, I had some questions about that that I'll get to in just a second, but I remember seeing posts about you just kind of traveling all over, traveling all over the place and kind of seeing the world. Like, I guess, where did your... Where did your passion for wanting to travel and to see all these different places kind of come about for you? Um, I think it all started with the cab. You know, I was 17 years old when the cab started, and I left Las Vegas um, with the band at about 17 years old, and we hit the road. And, you know, we started off playing in front of five people, and I remember we played this show, I think it was in uh, Bridge City, Texas, and no one showed up. So it was <laughs> it was pretty much like the other bands that were, were playing with us, watching us. And then, you know, when we got off stage, we went in the crowd and watched the other bands. We were kind of playing for each other. It's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and then we started working our way up and we started getting better tours and doing full U.S. tours. And then we'd break into Tokyo and Japan and then we'd go to Canada. And then, you know, a few years later, we're, we're opening for Maroon 5 and doing like a world tour. And I think... I just found this love and this craving um, from meeting people and experiencing cultures and seeing different landscapes. And I think I'd become so accustomed to kind of like stimulation, like all of my senses, like sight and sound and taste. And um, when I come home from these tours, I would, I'd be super happy to be home. You know, I'd like do uh, empty my suitcase, do my loads of laundry. I'd like run a few errands, catch up with family and friends. And like three days later, I'd be so bored. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> Ca- like just cabin fever. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. I've woke, woken up to the same four walls for four days in a row. And I, I just, it would drive me crazy. So, you know, in between tours, I would start, okay, well, I'm going to go to Europe for a week or two weeks. And, you know, and then I'd see a few cities and then I'd want to get weirder and I'd be like, okay, well now I'm going to go to the jungle in Vietnam and I'd go through the jungle in Vietnam and it just kept, I kept going deeper and deeper down this rabbit hole of, of yeah. like traveling and destinations. And I, I met some of my best friends traveling the world. Um, one of my best friends, Sean, I met in Belgium. Um, and we've just become, you know, great friends and we meet each other in different countries. And I met, um, I met this guy named Daniele who's become one of my best friends. He'll probably be a groomsman at my wedding. And I met him at a bar in Rome, you know, just like meeting people and hearing their life stories. And, you know, there's something really special and you gain this sense of perspective and empathy when you see a lot of the world. Yeah. Um, I've, I've made some incredible friends in the Middle East and Asia. I mean, you name it. Um, so to me, it's, it's important to travel if you can just to, you realize that the world is a lot bigger than you think it is. And all of the problems that you think that you deal with on a daily basis, like they seem so small um, when you see other parts of the world. And also you realize that everyone's reality is, is different, you know? Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's really, really incredible. So that's kind of what made me travel. And also when the band broke up, I was, I was pretty just lost to be honest. I had no idea what I wanted to do. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't really know who I was without the cab. I, I knew myself as Alex Stan the cab. And I'd just been like every single day I woke up and I was like writing songs. I was touring. I was, you know, meeting fans. And, and then when it all stopped, I was like, whoa, who am I underneath all of this? Like when the, when the cab and when music is peeled away, you know, who have I grown to be from these past seven years, you know, because you grow so much from 17 to 24. So I kind of went on this like world mission to kind of get to know myself a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, and also, I mean, going off of what you said about growing up between seventeen and twenty-four, not only did you guys, not only did you grow up, but you guys like shot up really fast. Like I think I remember seeing you guys when you were really young, opening for uh, like. Uh, trying to think who for panic of the disco and bands like that like just on these big really crazy tours and you guys sounded great but it was just one of those things where it's like wow they're going really quick um and i think that i feel like with some bands when that happens it kind of it it gets it catches up and it gets to you with like the when you're in the public eye but then there's also the growing pains that you guys are going through as you're getting into getting your first record and then your second record and just the whole process of that that follows, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think for us, you know, opening for Panic at the Disco was a dream. I mean, Panic Panic and Fall Boy um, were two of my favorite bands when I was in, in middle school and high school. Um, and then, you know, getting to open for these bands on arena tours and, and getting signed, you know, having Pete and uh, the rest of the guys in Fall Boy sign us. And, you know, Patrick was was writing our first album and producing on our first album with Matt Squire with us. And it was, it was all a dream. And to be honest, at that point, when you're 17 and you're opening for your favorite bands and you get to make an album and sign to a record label, you're kind of like, Oh my God, like we've made it. Like all of our dreams have come true. Like yeah. what's next? <laughs> like, yeah. And you're kind of like, and, Oh shit, what do we do now? <laughs> and you, but you, but you also don't realize that, you know, when you're that young and naive, you don't realize that that's, that's where the work starts, you know? Yeah. Um, it takes, I mean, the, the music industry is a washing machine that just pounds you and swishes you around and spits you out. Um, so it was, um, it was a lot. And like, as you said, growing up between those ages is, it's, it's difficult as it is, let alone being thrown into this lifestyle. Um, so I think, you know, one of the things that, you know, kind of pulled the cab in different directions were just were going up. I mean, we were all, yeah. You know, some people realize that, oh, this isn't the life I wanted. I like playing music, but I don't like being away from friends and family. And then other people um, realize that, okay, this is exactly the life that I want, you know, so I'm going to work really hard. And so just people are just getting pulled in all these different directions. And, you know, we were 23, 24 years old going like, wow, we are all very different people than we were when we were 17, yeah. as everyone is. So I think... Um, you know, that was one of the things that led to people going in different directions. It was just like, wow, growing up, things change, people change, and, you know, you wish the best for each other, but it's just hard to be on the same page. And your music taste changes dramatically from high school to when you're 24, you know? You, yeah. you grow and evolve, and your changes, I mean, your taste just, uh, yeah, that evolves too. Yeah, I mean, you can even, if you look at, an album like Whisper Wars and then you look at uh, Symphony Soldier, when you look at those two records, I mean, they're almost, I don't want to say they're night and day because I can still 
when I would hear that, I would be like, oh, it's the cab. It sounds like them. But you would like there were so many more pop references on that than on the previous record. And you could kind of you could sense like the change in musical taste and things like that. And then when I hear Bones and I hear that, it's a totally different it's a totally different world in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just going deeper into to who I am as an artist and what I listen to. And um, yeah, Bones, it's funny because The Cab was always a band, but it, it was always a, a pop band. Um, we always lend ourselves to um, a lot of major chords. Um, it, it, felt, it felt good. Most of the songs felt good. Yeah. But my favorite songs on The Cab albums were always... Um, like on Whisper War, my favorite songs were, were Bounce and One of Those Nights, kind of the more rock-driven yeah. songs. And then on Symphony Soldier, my favorite songs were like Temporary Bliss and Angel with a Shotgun. And like these songs that were just a little more lyrical and a little more, um, just had a little more grit and edge to it, rough around the edges. So it's ironic that you know, my first solo album is probably the most rock and roll album I've ever done. I mean, there, there are parts of the new album, um, that are not released yet, but that sounds like Rage Against the Machine. Oh, that makes so me so it, happy right now. Like you have no idea how yeah, happy that makes me. <laughs> so, so, I mean, Tom Morello is one of my biggest musical influences. So you take like growing up, you know, I always got made fun of when I was a kid because I loved in sync i love michael jackson and justin timberlake like i love like these really pop soulful singers that were really melodic and that could do you know really incredible things with their voices but then on the other end i was listening to um afi and every time i die and like rage against the machine and all of these like <laughs> really polar hard, opposite dark exactly but i think this is the first album that i've done in my career where you can really hear the people who influenced and shaped me as an artist. Like you can, you can hear a song and be like, Whoa, you know, this does sound like this guy listened to Justin Timberlake vocals, but grew up on Rage Against the Machine. Or, you know, this song lyrically sounds like an AFI record, but sounds like James Taylor. (laughs) That, that, I'm so excited now. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, the first, the first two songs are kind of an introduction to the project. I don't want to like release the really, um, like the draft too drastic of songs right off the bat, but uh, I'm, I'm super excited. And I think when I do do tour, it'll be, you know, more of a rock and roll show than the cab ever was. So I, I'm excited. Cause it's just going to be fun for me to be on stage jumping around. So. That's awesome. Well, I, re- I remember you saying when we were, uh, when we started this off that you, uh, when we were talking about traveling, how there was a period when the cab ended that you just kind of felt lost. How soon in that, like how soon after the breakup and then after that period of feeling lost, did Bones come into into the picture and you kind of started to figure out, yeah, I think this is going to be the next project. This is going to be the next step in who I am as an artist. Well, you know, at the kind of the end of the cab, um, we were signed to a label and, you know, some people at the label were trying to like force force upon us like these, these songs I didn't like and they're like outside songs. I'd, I'd never taken outside songs before and, you know, I'm a songwriter, so I... I totally understand writing songs and I appreciate songwriting more than anything. So if someone wrote a song that I absolutely loved, you know, I would love to work on that song with someone. I'm not too yeah. proud to work with other people and to collaborate, but 
you know, I just, I didn't believe in these songs that the label was sending and all of that. And they were kind of forcing these things upon me. And, and it kind of made me hate the music industry, like not hate music, but the industry. It was just like, yeah. man, like all these people are trying, trying to make me who I don't want to be. And it's like, I was forgetting why I even started. And, um, it was frustrating because I was like, this isn't what I signed up for. Like I signed up because I wanted to inspire people. I wanted to make music and to make people happy. Um, and I realized that I was in this position of like, I'm not in control anymore. And I, I couldn't stand that because that's not what artistry is. So it took about two years of traveling. And to be honest, I stopped writing songs for about a year. Like I just didn't want to think about music or think about, you know, there's all this like business and label stuff going on. So I was like, you know what, I'm putting the pen down. I'm going to see the world and I want to be inspired again. I want to hear other people's stories. I want to see things. And in order to write, you have to live, you know, and I always say that albums are hard to write because lives are hard to live. So that was kind of a, a turning point of like putting the pen down. I'm going to live a little bit. And it was kind of this perfect storm of, you know, feeling newfound inspiration after traveling, um, meeting my girlfriend. I mean, she really, um, changed my outlook on life a lot. So just kind of like repositioning myself, meeting a few, uh, influential people. And I moved to LA, I mean, uh, to New York. I, I moved away from LA. Oh, wow. So I kind of, Los Angeles felt like Groundhog Day to me. Yeah. <laughs> and wasn't a huge fan of the people. And to be honest, as an artist, like waking up every day to blue skies, as, as nice as that sounds, it's like really not inspiring. Like I, I love waking up and, it being a cloudy day. I love rain. I love changes of the seasons. Like so in LA, like the redundancy of beauty and the redundancy of like this, um, picturesque, perfect life was, was really weighing on me as well. So yeah. I moved to New York, met a great girl, traveled the world. And then it's like all the inspiration just came back. Like the floodgates just opened up. Was there was there a moment when that transition for you was happening where you were kind of like uh, everything you're you're kind of like finally I can write a song or was it did it kind of start with just like a line or two here and there and then eventually you started kind of writing songs at that point? You know, I started writing the first lines down. I was on I was on trains. I always write my best songs on trains in foreign countries. I know that's bizarre, but hey, whatever works. <laughs> When you're on an airplane and you're looking down on the world, it's so small. You don't really get to see life being lived. You know, you're kind of just looking at like dots of cities and like some lights to where if you're on a train, you're ground level. You're going at a speed where you can still see um, people and lives and landscapes around you. So I would kind of be going on these trains. I remember going from Rome um, to Florence. I remember taking a train from Naples, Italy around to the Amalfi coast. I wrote a few, tr uh, songs on the bullet train in Japan. And I just started writing down like lines, like just single lines or kind of single ideas without overthinking it. And I wasn't thinking verses or choruses. I was just writing lines of things that came to my head. And I remember being in Paris and I was in the catacombs, which, you know, the, the underground, um, tunnels of all of the skeletons and bones. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's actually where the name Bones came up. I was down there, and I remember looking at the bones and thinking about, like, the, the life, like, every single set of bones, like, lived a life, and they had um, 
probably loved and they had failed and they had succeeded and they kind of had all, you know, stories and some of these stories were forgotten and some of the stories were probably passed on. So there was just all of these, these thoughts going through my head and it's kind of where I came up with the name Bones. And when I came out of those tunnels and came back up to the streets of Paris, it was like, I think that's when it, it clicked in my head. Like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to do a new project. <laughs> and to be honest, I was like, I don't even care if people listen to it. I don't care if people like it. Like this project's for me. Like Bones is for me. Bones is for, is for the fans and the people who, you know, relate to the lyrics. And I don't need to be famous. I don't need, I don't need any of that. Like this, this one's for, for us, like for the, the kids who believed in me and, and then for myself. And that's the, those are the best projects though. When you're writing it, when there's no other like factors that are in your head of like, Oh, I got to be famous. I got to do this so that it, it'll get assigned to this label and, and this and blah, 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 blah. When you're writing it and it's just kind of like, all right, I've got no limits for this. That's how I've, at least in recent years, some of the people that I've talked to that I've seen start projects where they go in with just the intention of, I'm writing this because I need to get this out and this is my creative endeavor. I don't care what anyone thinks. That's when you stumble on that those kind of holy shit moments. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I yeah. agree with that. I mean, what out of the songs that have been released so far, what are I mean, what were the earliest creations and what was some of the I guess what are the more recent songs like when did a song like my friends come into the into the process of the project um my friends I had, I had that lyric um like the kind of all of these demons are my friends for a long time I never really had you know made a track or uh, wrote a song around it before and that came I was working with um my friend Matt, who is in a band called Matt and Kim. Oh yeah. And yeah. So we, we got in the studio together and he's incredible with production and like with beats. Like he, he actually makes like really cool hip hop beats and he's just a talented guy. So we went in together and the song came out pretty fast, to be honest. Um, and yeah, that was about a year ago, maybe. Um, Six Feet Under, I wrote with uh, my friends Daniel and Brian. Brian used to be in the band The Neighborhood, um, and he wrote, you know, Sweater Weather with them and a lot of those songs. So, um, yeah, just collaboration on people who, you know, I admired their songwriting and soundscape ability and got in the studio. And most of the time it would start with, you know, me going back to those notes and those lines that I was writing down on the trains and being like, okay, I really like this line. Let's write a song around it. So that's kind of where all those songs stem from. Nice. Um, when you, uh, one of the things that you'd also said that I, and I've always found this really, really fascinating about the music that you've put out, whether it's something that you've done with Bones or whether it's something that you did with The Cab, the ability to blend that kind of, those kinds of vocal lines that you'd hear in maybe a Maroon 5 song or like in a pop song with, a, like yeah. a rock guitar line like I think Animal was a really great like example of that like when you're when you're putting together a song what is I guess the process in your head of trying to be like okay how do we put pop vocals to a rock song how do we make it stand out because you could you could almost write two totally separate songs and then have it sound like one thing um like you could do two different versions of it but then at the same time when you hear it it's like it just it works 
like I guess what's your process when you're in the studio and you finally have all the tools in front of you and you're kind of like okay how do we how do we get this from A to A to B honestly the easy part for me is the melody right so I think in terms of pop melodies and hooks so for me the easiest part of the whole process is to write a really hooky pop melody um, that's a lot of times the hardest part for people, but for me, that's the easiest. The hardest part is the marriage between taking, you know, the the more deep or, or the, the lyrics that I like and fitting them in with those melodies. Um, and the, the guitar riffs and the production and kind of dirtying everything up is probably the last thing. So I, I kind of write songs um, melodically first all the time. Then I find I mess with you know, 30 different chord progressions and kind of see which chords fit best over the melody. And then after that, it's like, okay, let's put the lyric in or let's try to fit this lyric in, take a few words out, but if you add a few words. Um, and then a lot of times I'll go back to the chord progression after the lyrics are in and maybe I'll, I'll change one chord to make it like a little more dark, um, just to twist it a little bit. Um, but every song's different. It's, you know, it's like, you try to put these things together brick by brick, but you know, there have been times where, um, you know, I, I wrote a song for Panic at the Disco called Victorious, um, on their last album. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know that was, oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that was, you were part of that. Yeah. So I was driving to see my dad, like a seven and a half hour drive. And I remember singing that guitar riff in the car. I had like held the phone in my face and I was like, like I remember singing it and my friends was laughing at me. Cause like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm singing a guitar riff. Dude, this is awesome. <laughs> and that, that guitar riff was supposed to be track one on the next cab album. Uh, I did it. And then I put it together and then, um, I guess some of the guys heard it. And, and I think Brendan, um, you know, rivers from Weezer, they wrote some incredible, incredible melodies around it um, to also go with, you know, some of my melodies. And Brendan just completely brought it home and panic made it this this incredible, you know, anthemic song, you know, that all started with like this humming of a voice note. Um, so it's yeah, you, you never know. You never know where the inspiration is going to come from or what's going to come first. But I do know that I've always thought in terms of melody, um, that's always kind of been my gift and everything else is you know hard work that's awesome that's a really cool insight into your into your process i'm always really fascinated by songwriting because it's it's this it's this weird like mad science experiment of how people everybody's got a different method at the end of the day and i always like hearing about how people put their own blueprint on something that everybody's kind of doing just in their own individual way yeah um, so this is the, we'll wrap this up. Uh, this is the, uh, I actually had one more question before the last one, but, um, what details are you able to give in regards to the album? Cause I'd love to hear anything that you were able to give away if, if at all. Yeah. Um, so I've been going back and forth on, you know, how many songs are going to be on the album. I've been gone for so long that I think, you know, I, I want to give a lot of songs. I don't want anyone to, you know, the fans who have been waiting to wait two years and me to put out like a, you know, five song EP and then be like, that's it for the next two years. You yeah. Know? Um, <laughs> but what I, what I think I'll probably do is I'll probably release 
a, a long album, maybe like 15, 16 songs, but I'll probably, you know, at, at this point, maybe release half of it. And then a month or two later, release the other half. Um, we're still figuring that out, but I know that the first part of the album, so probably five new songs will come in the next, I would say two months. Um, I have about five music videos done already. And now it's just kind of figuring out what songs I want the world to hear first, what songs I want to hold back, um, putting some, you know, final touches on it and all of that. So I would say very soon. The next song I think I'm going to release is a ballad. One of my, one of my favorite songs I've ever written. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty pumped on that. Awesome. Um, well, this is the last question to uh, wrap this up. Uh, this is a this is a super broad question, but I ask it um, as a way to close the podcast uh, in each episode that I do. Um, but the uh, the question is, what does music mean to you? Who? Um, you know, music to me is inspiring others. Um, you know that's what it is to me personally. That's not how I define music, but music to me is to inspire others because everyone's going through hard, hard things every day of their lives, whether they be small or big. Um, and I can't name how many times in my life I've been inspired or been lifted up because I went to a concert and saw my favorite band, or I heard a song that I related to and it pulled me out of a rut so I always told myself when I was when I was young that when I first picked up my guitar, if I could inspire one person or if I could make one person feel like they're not alone or um, just to show other people that they have potential, that they can be a scrawny kid picking up a guitar to, <laughs> and, and making something of themselves, you know, like that's, that's all I wanted in life. I, I've done my job. So that's, that's what it is for me, just to inspire other people and just to make them feel something. Awesome. And lastly, where can people find where can people find music from Bones and uh, check out and keep updated with your music and uh, follow you on Facebook, Twitter, all all that good stuff. Yeah. So on on Instagram and on Twitter, it's at Bones B O H N E S. Um, and you can kind of get the music anywhere, whether it's Spotify. You know, I listen to a lot of my music on Spotify, um, iTunes, YouTube. Uh, I've been taking a lot of pride in, in filming these music videos in really unique, cool places. Um, I shot in an abandoned theme park in Japan, super eerie. Um, I shot in the streets of Tokyo. So I would recommend checking the videos out because you kind of get a real insight on what the Bones project is. You can so much more than just the songs. Um, and actually, you can find all of the above on Bones, B-O-H-N-E-S, official.com. It's kind of the website, but I funnel everything onto there, and you can find links everywhere else. Awesome. Well, Alex, it was such a pleasure to finally talk to you. I've been, a, I've definitely been a fan of your music for years, so I'm really excited to hear the new record, and I've uh, been loving the music. So, uh, thank you again. It was a pleasure I to talk to you. That, Jared. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. No worries. Take care, man. Well, uh, I'll try to get this up right. this week and send it over when it's ready to go. Great, man. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Awesome. Take care, man. Right, bye. Bye.